Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies let it resound loud as a rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the presence has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Welcome to the Nine Points Podcast. I'm your host, B.H., We at the Nine Points Podcast receive our inspiration from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This scripture speaks to nine fruits of the Spirit of God and is read as follows. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. We at the Nine Points Podcast try to promote these principles out of obedience to God as a way to raise, sustain, and celebrate our unique families. Today's podcast is going to have three segments. The first segment is going to be a collaboration between uh, myself and my wife, whose hashtag on this fine program is Velvet. Uh, We're going to talk about faithfulness, which is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Second section, which is Z time. We're going to continue the conversation about faithfulness and also a little bit about perseverance. And then the third segment today is going to be uh, I'm going to read and have a little reflection on Amos chapter five. So, um, as mentioned, we're going to start off talking about faithfulness. Um, We're up to the seventh of the nine fruits of the spirit um, described in Galatians. And um, as mentioned a minute ago, the Nine Points podcast is based off of uh, inspiration from those nine fruits of the spirit. So my wife and I, we're going to do a collaboration about faithfulness. Um, What is faithfulness? How is faithfulness important um, in marriage? How is it important in family in general? How is faithfulness important in terms of the way that we see and interact in the world? So I guess I'll start off um, by just talking about the Bible as the Bible says in more than one place that faithfulness is very important in our relationship to God. Um, The Bible states in more than one place that we can't please God without faith. Um, So it doesn't mean that God doesn't it, it does not mean that God does not love us. Unless we're faithful, God loves us in spite of the imperfections that he's bringing us through. But in order to please him, in order to be um, guided by him in in bigger and better ways, we have to have faith and we have to be active with that faith. So faith is important. Faith is is one of those things. And, and, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about putting on the full armor of God, um, the, the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, um, feet, uh, the God feet sandal with the gospel, um, you know, moving swiftly with, um, you know, towards delivering out the gospel, the helmet of salvation, um, the, the, uh, shield of faith, and the sword of his word. Um, faith is important. Faith is something that can protect us and is f- something that we can use to um, to move us forward. And um, without faith, imagine if you were to have a, just a fight. Imagine you were to have a fight with somebody, 
But the stipulation was you couldn't protect yourself. You couldn't block what they were throwing at you. All you had to do was try. You had to try to hit them and and get rid of them. But you can't use your your hands or your arms or your feet or anything to block their blows. That's how important faith is, because we need it. We need it so that we can have some semblance of of security in our lives and um, any kind of chance to be able to collect our thoughts in the midst of the onslaught of the spiritual and physical battles that we have to fight. So, Velvet, when we talk about faithfulness, um, what do you, you just rip? You just talk about if you want to talk about faithfulness as what it means as a mother, as a mother, as a wife, what it means as a person in general. Just just go whatever whatever's on your heart. And then I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go off of that. We'll feed each other. OK, for me, um, faithfulness, it, it doesn't change when you mention like as a mom or as a wife or it's the same for me as far as being faithful. I do think that loyalty, being loyal is part of that. And I think that it's just that, that understanding that trust that God has you no matter what's going on. Oftentimes, you know, as I go through life, and I look around me, things don't look like they're okay. And sometimes emotionally, I don't feel like I'm okay. But it's that faithfulness that helps me to know that I, I am okay. And even though it doesn't look like it, I'm going to be okay and God is with us. So that's very much how I look at it. Um, and the reason I bring in the loyal piece is I mean, I think it's something that you have to stick with. So that's why I brought in the loyalty of it, because sometimes things can be so rocky that it's very difficult to see the light in things. Or sometimes I have felt like I've just been in a continuous storm and it's just like one thing after another thing after another thing. And it just doesn't seem like things are going to let up. Um, so definitely during those times, um, you know, I have faithfulness, but then also when times are calmer, you know, you'll want to keep that with you as well. Just like all times, whether things are going well or whether you're struggling, I think that just having that faith or conviction, loyalty to God, love for God to know that no matter what's going on, he has control and he has me. I'm his child. So regardless of what kind of news I may get or what's happening with anything in my life, people or issues or any of that, I know in my heart that he's got me and another piece to that that has helped my faith grow stronger is when I have gone through things. And I know that I could not have brought me through those things. I know it was God and I felt it and I could see it. So that definitely has strengthened my faith, you know, versus how when I very first started out as a younger Christian, you know, being new to things and having a lot of questions that, you know, stuff like, well, you can't see them or, you know, how do you know this is working or how do you know all those kind of questions that. I have done in the beginning and off and on, sometimes those questions come back, but that definitely fuels me is when I can look back and see how God works and see how he was already putting things in place long before um, those issues came up or that situation. Okay. Velvet, I had a question that came to mind when I was listening to you talk. And that question is, do you think there's a difference between um, uncertainty and doubt. Do you think there's a difference? Yes or no? And why? Is there a difference between uncertainty and doubt? Yes or no? And explain. Do you want me to go first or do you? 
Or do you want to go first? I wanted to give it to you and let you go first because I know you hadn't thought about it. And you know how I can get once I start talking. We'll look up and the sun will be down. <laughs> um, is there a difference between uncertainty and doubt? Well, I never thought about it. Um, my first impression would be. I mean, you can be uncertain about something, but still move forward. And then when I think of doubt, I mean, I can doubt things and still move forward. Um, I think it's less sincere. So I think they come from the same place to me. I think it's very similar. Now, I don't know from memory what a dictionary would say about those two words, but just from my heart speaking, I feel like they're very similar and they can interchange and I mean, I can do something that I know I need to do, but I can be thinking in my mind, there is no way this is going to work out or this doesn't look right. But yet I still do those things. I like that. I like that answer. I was thinking along the same way. I was really thinking along the same way. That was a good answer. Um, And uncertainty and doubt come into play when God is calling on us to be faithful, Um, when God is calling on us to love our neighbor as ourselves and our neighbor does things that are troubling, it's not easy to do what I consider love or have an attitude of what I think love should be when it comes to um, how I look at somebody that is seeing and doing things that are are troubling to me. Uh, Another thing I'm thinking about in terms of faithfulness, in terms of family, if you and I are both strong-willed people, you and I are the same age, you and I have, uh, have... different ways of looking at life, even though we spent a whole lot of time together. When it comes to being parents to our kids, um, we're, you know, we're together. We've been together their whole lives um, trying to imagine if we were not together or we don't even have to imagine if we were not together, if we were separated or divorced. There are times when you and I differ in terms of what we think is the best plan for this, that, or the other. It could be something financial that we're thinking about doing. It could be something about um, what we have planned for one of the kids or all of the kids, what we think will be functional, what we think will be best. And we are not always in agreement. (laughs) What, um, how does faithfulness relate to our commitment to the family when we bump heads so frequently? How is faithfulness still there? I'm smiling because you're really trying to make me really think and work now, huh? Well, I do what I can for the people. Um, I mean, I guess, well, when we, when we got married, um, you know, it, for me, it, it's, it is, literally till death do us part. So I feel like that when we have disagreements, I agree. I, you know, we, I committed to you before God that I will be here. And so that means not just physically, but that I'm present and that I'm involved. And although I don't agree with certain things. Um, I know that. I know that God is bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's not about me. So that helps me know that helps me get through those times of my emotions of wanting to say and do different things. And sometimes I fail and I do say and do different things. But ultimately, I know that. God is with us. And sometimes I just have to step back 
and say it's not about me. This is not about me. And to me, that ties into faith of believing that God is going to guide us in the right direction. And so I shouldn't get caught up into a specific disagreement because sometimes it's not about that. Sometimes it's about a lesson that somebody else needs to learn or maybe I need to learn. And sometimes maybe it's not about either one of us necessarily. I just think we have to focus on focus on what we need to be focused on, which is God. And that's where faith helps. Because if I didn't have faith, then there would just be me. And that probably wouldn't be a good thing if it was just all me. So I don't know if that really answered your question, but I tried to tie it in as best as I could as far as, you know, time back to having faith of, you know, we are both of us are human. Do I let you down? I know I do. Do you let me down? Yes, you do. But God can fill any of those voids. He can work with us. He, 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 can, he can give us what we need. Sometimes we rely on people to do things for us. And sometimes that person or that the people, they don't have the skill set to do what we ask. So that's why I'm saying lean more to what God is wanting. So that when that disagreement comes up, I'm not in my feelings for a long period of time. And then I respond in the right way versus what I may do or what I have done before. All right, Velvet. Well, I have I have faith that God brought us together. I have faith that God is pleased within us, between us, around us. And I have faith that our future together with God is is eternal. Might. No, I'm not going to say might. There will be things that you or I won't understand, but I have faith that he's not going to separate us. I have, we might do certain things that aren't smart, but I don't think that God is going to separate us. I just don't. Would you agree? Yes, I would. Now the, what happens is when people, you and I get involved and we try to do things our own way instead of following what God wants us to. That's where it gets murky. All right. Well, thank you, Velvet. We have two more Fruits of the Spirit to go. Um, And hopefully we'll do those in the next two podcasts. The next two uh, podcast episodes, we'll do the last couple. All right. Next, uh, the next segment, I'm going to take a little break. The next segment will be Z time. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chasing rod, felt in the day when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers died? We have come over a way that with tears have been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered. Outweighed our gloomy past till now we stand at last where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. Welcome back to the Nine Point Podcast. I'm your host, BH, and we are now here in Z Time, here with King, Twin, and Newbie. And one of the things we want to talk about is faith. King, do you think that, well, how many people here think that faith is important? Just let me see your hand. If you think faith is important. Okay. Now, what does faith mean to you, King? Well, and we'll just go from King to twin to newbie. Why is faith important? Faith is important because it, faith is important because it helps keep your spirit strong. 
And the way I define faith is having belief or hope for something that you can see, you can't see, but you believe or know that it's there. All right, twin, your turn. Why is faith important to you? Basically, King's answer that you basically believe in something that you can't see, but you really think is there. All right, newbie, why do you think faith is important? Both of your brothers punted on the answer. They gave a good answer, but it didn't answer the question. Why do you think that faith is important, newbie? So you can maintain a relationship with God? But that I don't know. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Well, let's see. Is it easy to is it easy to um is it easy to learn without faith? No, not all the time. Well let let's see. I, I think one way to look at it is it's not easy to learn without faith. You guys can't remember when you were learning how to walk, but I can. When you guys were crawling backwards and crying and trying to pull up on stuff and trying to take steps. You had never done it successfully, but you kept trying. You kept trying. You had faith that you could do it because you kept seeing me do it and your mama and you saw your big brother doing it. And then y'all both was like, I can do this. Take me out of this walker. I think I can do it too. Put them hard shoes on me. And you just kept trying. You kept trying and you kept trying and you kept falling and you kept crying and you kept getting up. But you guys had faith. You couldn't even use words, but you had faith. You had faith that you could do something because you saw it done and because you had a strong feeling in your soul that it was necessary. So y'all kept at it. You kept on, you kept on, and you kept on. And you were able to do that without even the benefit of language. So same thing with, well, potty training was a little bit more complicated, but it was the same principle. Riding a bike, same thing, same principle. It wasn't easy right away. You saw other people doing it. You tried and you said, well, there's more to it than what you guys are seeing. And I, if you pull this cord out, I'm going to pull your teeth out and I'll start with your feet. And it was it was not easy. You didn't do it right away. It took it took days. It took weeks to get it together. And I believe that in life. God helps us to understand things better by faith. We start off with an idea. We start off with a feeling. We start off with a task. And then by doing it and giving our best with a good attitude, hint, hint, feet, feet, doing our best with a good attitude. Please don't knock over these clothes that your mother just folded or I will knock you over. How about that? It is not, it's not, um, it's not something that just comes overnight. You have to have a good idea. You have to have a good attitude. If you have a good attitude, then your faith works with you. If you don't have a good attitude, your faith doesn't work with you as much. And it's a lot harder. So do you have faith that, Whoever wants to go first with this, do you have faith that somebody can love you if you don't love them? I'm not going to lie. I don't think I really could. I don't think I could because I don't know if that person does have that type of. I don't know if a person really does have faith or not. And I'm not really a faithful person. But I try my best to be faithful. So you're saying that you don't think that somebody can love you if you don't love them? Or are you saying that you don't think that you can love somebody else that doesn't love you? Pretty much. 
twins, do you think that someone can love you even if you don't love them? I think they can, but like it would be a pretty toxic relationship. Twin, what about you? Do you think that you can be loved even if you don't love them? Yes. Explain. Look, stop with the stop it. Explain why why do you say yes? Because I don't know, I just really think that you could be able to um be love but you don't love that person. Basically how crushes work, kind of. But you get rejected. All right. Now, along with that, I'll start with I'll start with Big Brother. And then I'll pass it off to Little Big Brother. <clears throat> and then I'll pass it off to Newbie. What do you think it would be like for somebody that doesn't somebody that's loved but they don't know that they're loved? How does it feel if if some um if somebody is loved but they don't know it, they don't realize it, and stop holding baby Yoda upside down. Well, it would be pretty surprising for that person, especially especially if it's someone who who acts like that they treat them meanly, but they're really just messing with you because they actually like you. I would be shocked if that was the case. Like if some guy or even a girl was messing with me, whenever if it was to get my attention or otherwise, that she actually did it because she likes me, I would be touched about it. Okay. Twin, let me ask you. What do you think would be some challenges for a person if they were loved, but they didn't know it? What would be challenging for that person? They could say some things that they can't take back. They could say some things that they couldn't take back. And they wouldn't even know. know. Newbie, how would it, what do you think would be a disadvantage or a burden for somebody that's loved, but they don't even know that they're loved. Well, like if there's certain problems, then it would be difficult. Then it would be difficult for them and the person to um explain their feelings about the problem and get like stuff together that they need to. It would be hard for communication, and there would be tension in the air, and it would stay that way until like they share the same feelings or at least recognize each other in their pitfalls and. Co- pros and stuff like that i loved all of your answers and and newbie i liked yours a lot as as you were seeing yours newbie i was thinking about i was thinking about some of the social issues that we're dealing with and the fact that a lot of people don't have faith that the person sitting across from them that has a different job or has a different skin tone or speaks a different language or, or wants to vote for a particular party every single time an election pops up. Um, I think it's hard f- sometimes for those people to know that they're loved and respected, even if I don't agree with you. You know, it's. And when we feel unloved, it does create tension. It makes it hard to trust. It makes it hard for us to grow uh, through through our faith. Um, it it um, encourages us to be the opposite of faithful. It encourages us to be um, self-centered and and defensive. But when in the Bible, when it says that God loves you no matter what, and it says that God is with you all the time. It's up to us. It's up to us to not only believe it, but to want to believe that because it requires faith. We're not always going to be 100 percent healthy with 
100% of the people that we want to spend time with doing 100% of the things that we want to do. And that means we have to have faith and we have to have good attitude so that we can get the most out of life and so that we can give the most out of what we can share. King, we had a really, really good conversation earlier today when we were taking a walk, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yep. So um, I'm not, I don't really want to pull it up now. Um, All things considered, I think we've been talking a bit. Does anybody have a question about faith or a comment? No, I don't have any questions, but it was a nice conversation that we had. Faith is not something that's easy to accomplish. You're right about that. You're right about that. I, there's a part of me that's glad that you guys can't see what's going on right now. Um, be, but it's this has been a really, really good segment because everybody here is loose and coming from the heart. And um, that's all I've got for this seg- segment. Does anybody else have anything to add? No. You have so many words. Well, guys, thanks for joining us for Z time. And I will um, move on to the next break. And then the last thing that you hear will be me going over the last segment. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears. Thou who has brought us thus far on the way. Thou who has by thy might led us into the light. Keep us forever in the path we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places our God where we met thee. Lest our hearts drunk with the wine of the world we forget thee. Shadow beneath thy hand may we forever stand. True to our God, true to our native land. Hey, welcome back to the third and final segment of today's podcast. Um, This segment is going to speak about um, Amos chapter 5, verses 1 through 19. I'm going to read the scripture, and I'm going to comment on the scripture. Um, Before I even read it or give you my opinion on anything, I want to tell you up front, I would strongly encourage you to pray about what this says to you. And whenever you read the Bible, as a matter of fact, whenever you get ready to read the Bible, I would encourage you to pray first so that God will give you some insight and give you some peace to understand what he's about to reveal to you. Then, in addition to praying before you read the word, I would encourage you to pray in your own, you know, to yourself quietly by yourself and ask for clarification, ask for um, peace of mind, ask for um, the courage and the humility to um, to keep on doing what's pleasing in the in the eyes of God and then to be ready and willing to um, do what else he's calling you to do. And then. Um, any scripture that you read, um, I would encourage you to sit down and study it and have uh, sober conversations with sober people about um, what that scripture means. And I'm, I'm telling you, after being a part of a number of those conversations myself, you might be sitting with people that you love and that you respect and that you look up to who might not see the scripture exactly the same way that you do. But that's okay. It shouldn't be disappointing to you. Um, it, it might be surprising, but it shouldn't discourage you. It just means that what God has for the woman or the man to your left and right 
might be for a different season in life than you. And you might be thinking what they think in a week or a month or a year or a decade. But when you go to God humbly and ask for uh, ask for um, insight for for discernment, you also need to ask for grace so that um, so that you're not overwhelmed with the, um, you know, the conviction of just how incapable we are of doing things without God's um, complete influence. But uh, let me go ahead and move forward. This is going to be Amos chapter five, verses one through 19. And, um, and, you know, I'll tell you why, while I've ended up finding this, this particular passage today, um, I was, you know, last week, some things were happening and, and Friday was kind of like the last day that I really was watching, watching a lot of TV. And right now we've got controversy about going back to school, controversy about playing football and basketball in the fall. There's controversy about the Derby, controversy about freedom of expression, controversy about the post office for crying out loud. There's controversy about so many things. And uh, it made me think about a scripture that I had read about um, somebody being desperate to run away from one problem only to have another problem find them. And I found out that it was the scripture I was thinking about was found in Amos chapter five. But then when I found that scripture, I felt like instead of just sharing that one verse and trying to extrapolate off of that one verse, I wanted to read, you know, what was before and what was after that so that I could give some context. And it was quite a lot in there. It was quite a lot in there. And that's why I decided to go ahead and share the entire, you know, first 19 verses, because after the first 19 verses, it starts talking, you know, specifically um, to the Jews at that day. But I read uh, chapter five, verses one through 19 and saw a whole lot of truth, a whole lot of symbolic parallel um, truths about that day compared to what I'm living right now. So, again, this is Amos chapter five, verses one through 19. And the first um, let's see, the first 17 verses read as follows. Hear this word, Israel, this lament I take up concerning you. Fallen is virgin Israel, never to rise again, deserted in her own land with no one to lift her up. This is what the sovereign Lord says to Israel. Your city that marches out a thousand strong will have only a hundred left. Your town that marches out a hundred strong will have only ten left. This is what the Lord says to Israel. Seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not journey to Beersheba. For Gilgal will surely go into exile and Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Seek the Lord and live or he will sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour them and Bethel will have no one to quench it. There are those who turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness to the ground. He who made the Pleiades and Orion. Who turns midnight into dawn and darkness and darkens day into night who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out over the face of the land. The Lord is his name. With the blinding flash, he destroys the stronghold and brings the fortified city to ruin. The, there are those who hate the one who upholds justice in court and detest the one who tells the truth. You levy a straw tax on the poor and impose a tax on their grain. Therefore, though you have built stone mansions, you will not live in them. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you will not drink their wine. 
For I know how many of you, how many of your offenses and how great your sins. There are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Therefore, the prudent keep quiet in such times, for the times are evil. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say he is. Hate evil, love good. Maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the Lord God Almighty says. There will be wailing in all the streets and cries of anguish in every public square. The farmers will be summoned to weep and the mourners to wail. There will be wailing in all the vineyards, for I will pass through your midst, says the Lord. Now, there was a lot of things that were really, really strong, a lot of imagery that out that was uh, that popped up. But really, verse 13, one of the things that stands out so much is verse 13 stood out because the word prudent, you know, the word prudent associated with silence. OK, now it says prudent. You know, this is this is just kind of what the word prudent means. It can mean shrewd calculated, measured based on the information available. There are a lot of people who are hurting right now because too many people who could make a difference may be caught up thinking that prudence is what God wants from them in evil times. The evidence of systematic oppression, bribery, human trafficking, fear mongering, and scapegoating is everywhere we look. I cannot read verses 1 through 17 and think that the word of God is encouraging me to be silent about these things because the times are evil. You know, those are the words associated in verse 13. Instead, when I read verses 1 through 17, all of them together, it seems to me that the author is warning people who may think that they're being prudent by remaining silent and just hoping that all these things that are in public and being dealt with by so many are just going to get swept under the rug. That kind of belief could lead to a whole lot of unnecessary suffering and, um, for everybody, not just the people that want to deny it, but the people that can't deny it. I don't want that. I, I, I really don't want that. Now, I'm not going to contradict the Bible. I would encourage you, like I said, I would encourage anyone listening to pray about what Amos chapter five has to say concerning the attitudes and subsequent decisions that we're being urged to make right now. For me, when I found the word prudent, juxtaposed against bribery, oppression, and injustice, it made me feel a lot of different ways. But in the end, it led me to empathize with and pray for people who don't get it. There are people who truly believe that the prudent thing to do about oppression, injustice, bribery, brutality, and ridiculous slander is to be silent off the grid, and armed to the teeth. The saddest thing about this is that you might see crosses hanging on every wall and a Bible in every room of their home. But those people that I'm speaking of, a lot of them don't even realize that what they think of as right is not supported one time in any verse attributed to Christ Jesus. So then finally, I'll go on and um, read verses 18, 19, and 20, where it says, Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? 
That day will be darkness, not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear. As though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall only to have a snake bite him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light, pitch dark without a ray of brightness? And like I had mentioned at the top of this, I was I remembered hearing about I remembered verse 19. Verse 19 is the part that I was thinking about. And that led me to read the whole you know, chapter with, and put that within context. Verse 19 says it will be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear, as though he entered a house and rested his hand on a wall only to have a snake bite him. And when I read it the first time, I pictured all of it like running together, a person getting chased by a lion and then they finally get away from a bear. And then they get inside and they lock the door and they get and they think they're going to catch their breath and put their hand on the wall and then get, you know, and get bit by a poisonous snake. Like one terror gets replaced by another for the rest of their lives. When I read Amos chapter five today, it actually comforted me. After a while, it actually comforted me. It settled my mind and gave my heart reason to celebrate. There's controversy and turmoil associated with the pandemic, social unrest, and political unrest going on all around most of us. But part of my joy is that I have time to grow and to share the fruit of the spirit right now, even though all of that's going on right now. I know good people who still have room to grow and share the fruit of the spirit. I know that love, joy, peace, kindness, forbearance, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control still have a place in these days and times that we share right now. I don't have to worry about running from lions and bears and then getting bit by a snake when I try to catch my breath. That warning is not for me. That warning is for people who are going out of their way to reject the call that God is placing on their hearts. If God is in you, and calling you to go out and do what is right, it would have to be exhausting to try to get away from that calling. That kind of person would be running from the proof outside of their home, um, on the streets, on their way to the grocery store, on the way to their jobs, only to be approached again with the proof inside of their homes when they turn the TV on and have that truth played out in front of everything they're trying to watch. Anything that talks about current events will put that truth right back on their hearts. We will remind them God wants you to do something. In a way, that seems like the parallel situation of the person being described in Amos chapter 5, verse 19. Good people, God, the day of the Lord is not today. It's not today. Today, we still have time to do what is prudent in the eyes of God. Don't try to build a safe house from a foundation of excuses. Don't believe that all your anxieties about this country can be overcome in a ballot box being tampered with by hypocrites, enablers, and wannabes. Stand up and be counted by the way that you decide to treat your neighbor and how you decide to consider your neighbor's household and future. Love, joy, peace, kindness, forbearance, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are the principles that I should be demonstrating in my home. Those are the principles that I should be trying to draw out of my friends and neighbors. When I have a disagreement with them, when we need to put our heads and our hearts together, 
I need those principles to guide my attitude. Those things can create the kind of solutions that God is telling us today is still possible. Now, it is so much easier to get swept up into any number of different ways to go about solving our problems. But if you're honest with yourself, have those things gotten us? Have those things actually taken from us? Have they? It seems to me like a number of things that are not related to the fruit of the Spirit might bring us two steps closer to where we need to go, but it always takes us a step back in the process. You know what I mean? In other words, if I'm doing something and I'm and part of it isn't righteous, if part of it is selfish, if part of it means giving a blind eye to my own accountability or the accountability of those closest to me, then it's coming at the expense of somebody else's goodwill towards me. That is what we have a chance to do something about, my friends. We can do something about that. We still have time. You can still read your Bible. You can still talk to people about the Bible. In this country, there are countries where you cannot talk about God without getting yoked up, beat up, put in jail, or even killed. But in this country, you can talk about God. You can talk about God without without getting um, separated from your family, without being tortured. We can talk about God and talk about what he's asking us to do at this point in time, in this moment our responsibilities to ourselves, our responsibilities to one another. And the best way to share the treasure that God has brought into our lives and the treasure that we can see sharing with him and those others who want to be with him. So I pray that this will be um, a good week for you and for those that you love. And I hope that you can remember also that wealth is to be spent, but treasure is to be shared. God bless you. Have a good week.